Aperture Priorities, show number 11, organizing your photos on your computer. Welcome to the Aperture Priority Podcast, an Avila Studios production where it's all about photography and fun. Now open up that aperture and let some creative light in. generation of aperture priority show number 11 right (laughs) itching every closer to 100 uh tony avila here again and with me again i have joe engelbrecht well good morning once again a beautiful day in paradise at least the weather is uh sub 100 sub 100 it's true i almost had to put a sweater on this morning (laughs) exactly uh so at any fun new current projects Projects you're working on? You know, I've been doing some uh, work in the Los Angeles area, doing some night shooting of the skyline and scouting out locations for uh, future clients, and that's been fun. I recently was down there taking uh, nice, nice nighttime images of the downtown area from the Fourth Street overpass and down Figueroa Street, and there's some places up by Dodger Stadium that show the city in all of its glory and. Teaching people how to use their cameras for night photography has been a lot of fun. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I've, uh, on some of the previous shows, I talked about some of my frustrations with Lightroom and uh, On One. And uh, a couple of weeks back, I'd have to say almost a month ago, I started a a different way of doing black and white images. I kind of went back, I'm going back to kind of the ACR and Photoshop. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I've been griping to get away from Photoshop, that monthly subscription, but until, uh, and this is going to lead up with these files for what I have right now, I'm going to use the the tools. And I discovered, and I can say discovered, I found a better way for me to tackle my uh, black and whites that I, I like when I'm getting more. And I think I'm not overthinking. And one of the things I wanted to bring up, I sent out a couple images to it's called digital silver imaging and it's it's called a dsi silver gelatin print and it's in a way a true black and white print it's a digital file they get so you do all your uh editing and uh your toning burning dodging and all that and contrast you get your file and you send it up just like to any other, uh, either be a Miller's, uh, Bay photo, uh, photo uh, place, they get your prints. The difference here, they will, uh, the actual way they, uh, create the black and white print, it's actually going like the old black and whites machines where it's going through the chemistry. And I found I get a true black and white. It's, it's not a black and white image that goes through a color processor mm-hmm. it's a true black and white and the paper choices so i'm kind of happy about that and there's no color no tinge cast. no cast no that's cast. great so uh digital silver imaging yeah dot com dot com and they have a thing you, you do a promo you get the 45 dollar one it's two eight by tens done in uh one's a fiber uh print and the other it's some kind of resin print uh, you get both of them and look at them and it's kind of neat. I kind of like the fiber based one. It kind of has that, 
that texture, that feel mm-hmm. from the days of old. Right. And you mentioned that uh, you were recalling the memory about how the paper would curl coming yes. out. Yes. And it has that curl to it. It just, it just feels like the real, real thing. thing. Yeah. So most people were like, what are they talking about? It's yeah. like, there's that excitement. And I used to work at a color lab, even though I did their digital imaging. When I'd have my prints done, my friend Tom in the back would do the black and white processing. So on break, I'd go back there and go look at my print and touch it, you know, that analog feel. Oh, so. and, okay, now this is really getting <laughs> off off topic, but the aroma, the smell oh. of the fixer and the way it was, you know, it's just one of those memories that the pungency of the stop bath. And, oh, yes. Yeah, all that. The only thing I didn't like is when he used to do the sepia toning. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to smell rotten eggs... That, that uh, yeah. we would all complain when we knew he was in the back doing sepia toning. <laughs> Can't you do that somewhere else? <laughs> do that early morning, right? So, uh, did we get any questions this week? Well, you know, uh, we got a question that I have been asked many times, and it's a basic question of help. I can't find my file, I can't find the image that I know I have, I have sold it, or what have you. And I can't find it. Come over and help me find it. I get that question once a week, Mm -hmm. twice a week from a variety of different photographers. And that's, that's really the topic of the day, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. the question is, is how do you develop a file management system that really enables you to capture the um, system so that you can go back in time and find your images four, five, six, seven years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be a great topic for today. Yes. Organizing your photos on your computer. So let me, let me describe the problem. Uh, most photographers pick up a digital camera, what, in 2006, 7, 8, that's when we started switching over. And, man, it was, it was great. You had this device that could capture a hundred images of your scene. You didn't have to worry about running out of film. You you didn't have to refrigerate the film. You didn't have to do all those things about the control of of the film. And so we generated a lot of images. Boy, did we produce a lot of images. And these are, these are just computer files. Mm -hmm. And so uh, early, early adopters of the digital DSLRs ran into a, a problem. They were producing so many files that finding them became a huge issue. And so we went through this evolution of how to do good file management. And I have spent the last four or five years really diving into that subject because it's a big issue. I can't tell you the number of times I've had a photographer in a panic call me and say, I, I need to find this image. It's hanging on the wall. I know I made it, but I can't find it. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the basis of the conversation. I'd say one good experience for me, uh, because I, uh, where I worked, we were an early adopter of the digital. And back then, we had a special uh, Mac Quadra 950 that was beefed up with a video card. I had the dual monitor, and I had the early, the first initios. I had to manage my files. Right. And uh, I took it over from another guy that, that, that was working there. So 
I had to find the client, like that photographer. Uh, we would start, I think we would do it from the tag on the uh, envelope, how you would bring in film. Right. And so the client would have the stub and I would have the, uh, I would get that stub and look, okay, folder 0015. Exactly. So you're talking about a very boring subject called database management. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, you know, uh, the PCs had uh, uh, database or DB3, database, DBase3. I I wrote databases. So that was my background in computer technology. And so I translated that into computer photo management. And what I learned is that every photographer seems to follow the same trajectory. And that is they take a lot of photographs. They load them onto the computer. If they have a little bit of technical savvy, they'll rename the folder so that it has a meaningful name to them. Yes. Uh, it may be as simple as, you know, Yosemite or uh, Rocky Mountain National Park or whatever the shoot was. And they put all their files from the day into that folder. And then they go up all, along their way. But a few years later, they, they, they have hundreds of folders. And they have thousands of images that they've shot for a particular type of subject. And the folder system of of naming your files, your your raw files, your original, quote, digital negatives, and your finished work get all jumbled together. And it becomes difficult to find, well, to have the memory, the ability. How many times, Tony, have you had someone say, so you and I were on this shoot and we took this photograph that I really want to use, but what year was that? Yes. What, when was that? Because yes. they use, uh, they're trying to find the date range for mm-hmm. that image. Yes. And that happened to me this weekend from a friend of mine. Uh, there's a, a model friend of ours who's going to have a show at the Visalia Arts here in, in the area. And she's going around to all the photographers and artists she worked with to get uh, images for the show. Well, he had a great shot. I, I helped. I was, uh, I was, I, I would say it was, I was, I, I was the key. Cause I was holding the, his, uh, pro photo B one <laughs> at the coast and I didn't fall in the ocean with it. And, uh, uh good, he, good. He, he got a great shot of hers, but he asked me, when did we take that? Mm-hmm. And then I told him it was two years ago on July. Right. He goes, Oh, thank you. Right. Now, unless you have an excellent memory, mm-hmm. uh, like a computer, you're not going to remember that. No. And, uh, and guess what? If you stay in this business, it's just going to get worse because uh, if you're like me, you produce more and more images, larger files every year because you're you're expanding your work. And so it's not uncommon now for photographers that have been in the business a decade or so to have a million images on a hard drive. No, that's that's... It's very easy. It's very easy to accumulate digital versus film. You will almost double, triple your shots easily, easily, easily at one shoot. Right. And if you're doing the dreaded HDR bracketing or focus stacking bracketing or photo merging and you're shooting 20 images of a scene, that number can go further. uh, Right. So, the system that I have settled on that that's infinitely expandable, that's what you want, is something that will work whether you have 50,000 images or 5 million images or more. And, and that involves 
not just file folders. File folder naming the file folders does have a, a an important part of this uh, technique, but the most important thing is to learn how to use the metadata. In other words, to tag your images with keywords. And if you do that, the advantages are huge. You can literally find a file in seconds instead of uh, mm-hmm. half an hour or, or never find it on any device because that metadata goes with the file. So if you tag an image with a keyword using a browser like uh, Bridge, it will permanently tag that file so that you can find it on your hard drive regardless of which folder you put it in. So if you're going to uh, if you're going to have a library of raw images that you never touch, of course, and they're all tagged with uh, meaningful tags, the location, the date is simple that that the folder name is the date. But you're not you don't care about the date as much anymore because you're looking for a keyword. And you can put multiple keywords and have multiple dimensions. One of the one of the drawbacks too of a of a folder system is if you have multiple shoots in a day, or you're in Yosemite in the morning and then in the afternoon you're somewhere else, you have to divide that mm-hmm. uh, capture into two different folders. And by the way, is it Yosemite of 2016 in April or May or was it? And, and so. Right. Or were you perhaps hired by a client to shoot something in Yosemite? Mm-hmm. So the keywords gives you that flexibility where you can add five or six different tags on that image to find it with a, a variety of search. But it requires a little bit of file management understanding. And that's where we fall down as photographers. Yes, Another aspect of my background that helps me when I worked at uh, Jostens Printing and Publishing, you know, we would have maybe uh, literally almost 5,000 schools. Yes. So that's 5,000 covers we would have to work on in the the, uh, cover department or the art department, I should say. So they had a, a system that they would go by the school number and everything. So I kind of, when I went out on my own, I kind of applied all those things and uh, I came up with my simple way. I do like the metadata. That's something I like to start implementing. Uh, I have kind of rediscovered something again uh, recently, and that is Adobe Bridge. Now, many of you say, well, you can do the same thing in Lightroom. Uh I'm starting to think a little different and I'm not putting, you know, something bad over Lightroom, but in the future, do I want one huge Lightroom library or even the way I worked my system, how I label things, a client called me up and he needed uh, two images that it's going to be going in the lifestyle magazine, a local magazine. They're going to do a, a story on him. And one image was taken last year. I knew where to get that, but one was taken back in 2012 and using bridge. I found it, put it in Dropbox, sent him the link and that helped, uh, rediscovering working with bridge. And we were talking, I could not remember the, 
there was a, another shareware product from a few years back that was a catalog and it was great. Oh, I, I, I can see the, the I, interface yes. on my, on the screen. Yes. It was an early browser is what yes. it was. Uh, a, a precursor to the Mac uh, Finder and uh, Microsoft's Windows uh, Explorer. Explorer, yeah. right. File Explorer. They've renamed it recently. Yes. And without knowing how to use those tools, it's difficult for anyone to manage their library, their, their library. Bridge does some things that uh, I'm a big proponent of Bridge. I've really fallen in love with the program as far as managing my files. And it, when you, when you launch your, when you find your image, your raw file and you've tagged it. And it's so satisfying to go back for me anyway, to go back a decade and find images that I took with a keyword uh, search and find that image. But then there's another advantage that bridge offers. And that is when you open your image in bridge, it, it opens in a, in Adobe camera raw, which is identical to the develop module in Lightroom. Uh, it, it, that hasn't always been the case, but the two are, are virtually identical. And the advantage of that is that when you're in Photoshop and you decide you want to call up um, Adobe Camera Raw, you call up the bridge version or the version in Photoshop of ACR. And if you know how to use it, then you have only learned one Camera Raw interface instead of the develop module. And then you have to learn the ACR module interface they're, they're very similar so that's not a steep learning curve but that again that hasn't always been so and may, many people don't realize that once you call that image up into photoshop you can call up camera raw over and over and over again and make continual adjustments if you want to, uh, globally that is but that's that's really getting off the topic and that is using bridge as the browser to find your files Mm-hmm. And I cannot emphasize enough that you you really need to think about using uh, keywords. Now, here's the big pushback. I mean, Joe, I have 500,000 images. And you expect me to go back in time and tag every one of those images? You're out of your mind. Who, who has time for that? Mm-hmm. A good point. That is the big problem, is going back in time to, to restart and what I suggest that people do is you do it as you grow. You start it now. Mm-hmm. And when you f- search for those images and you find them, you tag them. Uh, I mean, in, in, the his, in your historical archives. Uh, you go back and you, as you search for them and as you find them, you make sure that every time you do a search, you tag. So it's a work in progress. And over the years, you'll, you'll actually have a, a very a workable system. What I like about rediscovering Bridge again, it's because being a graphic designer and photographer, I have Adobe Illustrator files. I have InDesign files, you know, so I have all these files and now real quickly I could find things, double click on it. If a client says, hey, uh, can you send me the cover of that uh, uh pamphlet we did back in 2012 no problem boom 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 you sent it i could see the little thumbnail and it it is a nice uh management system because i have files i think going back it was either i think it's night 1996 so that's what that's 
22 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I still have those files. They're all Adobe files. I can open them, do whatever, send them off again. It's a quick way. Uh, it's the weird thing is I used to use it all the time. And then when I went to Lightroom, I, I got a little lazy. I just do everything in Lightroom. And then I just had an epiphany. Do I want a massive Lightroom library? Yeah, you could back up your library, which I suggest you do. But what over time, if that file corrupts, then what? Uh, do you have to relink? I mean, I, I'm i looking at this and I'm saying, well, I don't do weddings. I don't do events anymore. And I'm doing photography for more fine art. And I'm only using certain images. And if I could do everything in camera raw, I'd rather do that again because I, I know I could still use that. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to be another show. Uh, I have an idea of a subject is what's going to happen with these raw files in the future. Good point. And that, that is a subject for a future show is how do we preserve our images digitally for uh, the next 100 years? I was uh, sorting through some papers the other day and I came across a black and white photograph that was taken in 1887. I could still see it. I could still uh, make it out. It had faded, yes, a little bit. It was a black and white, of course. But it occurred to me that there's no digital file on the planet that would last that long on any media that we have. Mm-hmm. So that is a great topic for another conversation. Yes, especially this. Uh, when you store your files, it's, it's fine to back them up. But I found when people would start archiving and take things off of their hard drive and putting them onto CDs or DVDs, let let me tell you a little story. I had bought these, uh, they were either Sony TDK, they were brand name DVD. And I was only archiving cases of a crash. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd have everything on my server. Not even a year went by, uh, when I archived them, I labeled them. I got lazy one day, forgot to label the, the backup. I'd, I'd labeled the, the day I backed mm-hmm. up. So I put it in, you know, to, to look at it, you know, so I could write down what it was. And as soon as, you know, I just took it out of the case and, you know, the jewel case. I was using jewel cases. I put it in uh, the CD tray, mm-hmm. closed it. CD tray spit it right back out. I was like, huh. So I picked it up as like a scratch. No, the that material that was like a blue was peeling off. Really? So I went, whoa. So I went back to the other cases, started opening up. And I would say about 20% of those DVDs were deteriorating. Wow. How long were they in the case? How long? I would say not even a year, year and a half. Well, that's got to be a manufacturing defect. And it was probably one of those things. I probably bought a bad batch when right. I got them at Costco, wherever I Where, got them. Yeah. So, but yet I still had my files mm-hmm. in a way that right. I could get access to. And the shelf life of the uh, the that type of the CD and DVDs. Oh, by the way, that, that technology is dead. It's going away. It's going away. And yes. that's the point we're making is. Whatever file format, I mean, excuse me, whatever media format you're using to save your digital files on is going to go away. Yes. So how do you maintain your images? So we'll talk about that in a future episode. 
So getting back to file management, uh, I was thinking about the pros and cons of file folder. So there's really only two ways to do this. You either name the folders and the files and give them meaningful names and, and you try to remember all the different aspects of them. Or you, you, you use that to a point for your finished work, your, the work that you've finished and you, and you have clients, projects, or whatever your folder system is for your edited work. Uh, but your raw files you store in a just by date and keywords. And then those keywords will follow you as you do your, your editing workflow. So your final images also have the keyword. So the big the big pros of the file folder naming system, you don't need you don't need any software. Your desk, right. your operating system will do it for you. You still need to know a little bit of file management and you still need to do that, but it, it's free. And it's easy to use on smaller collections. It's it's straightforward. But the cons are is that you can only assign one name to that image and it may have it may serve you well but if you could assign more than one name it would be easier to find like a a client and a location or maybe there's some object in there that's important to you and it takes some time and effort to develop a consistent naming convention i mean <laughs> go back and look at your old file folders did you name them the exact same way you put the date first and then the name of the client and then oh. Or did you put the client first or the last name of the client or the, you know, so you got to be really consistent. You have to be extremely detail oriented to make that work. And I would say, don't get lazy because <laughs> the day you get lazy, say, ah, I'll go back and I'll go back and re oh. rename that. And, and, and you left the folder called untitled. Right. Uh, and then untitled two and untitled yes. three. <laughs> and and then you go searching and then you say, well, I think it's, then you keyword untitled and you have all these folders untitled. Fo yeah. Right. Right. You, it's something uh, uh, as I name my folders, as soon as I put the card in, I name the folder Yeah, and be done with it. Right. So that, and that's a, that's a great approach. And in other words, you know, my name grandma and dated too. <laughs> my grandma used to say, well, if you don't have time to do it now, when will you have time to yes. do it? if you keep putting it off and you keep putting it off it, that one day will come when you need that one image exactly and then you're not going to be able to find it and then you're going to be scrambling around oh let me call so and so they were there with me and so and so maybe has their cell phone off maybe they're maybe they're somewhere in the middle of the sierras where they can't get cell service right and you're going to be freaking out because you didn't name it you yeah. went off topic and you went this direction saying i'll get that to it later because i could guarantee you and i have friends and i'm i can't say that i'm not guilty myself i'll get to it later no you never will later is not on the calendar yes and doing this professionally you're gonna have to have clients they're like hey i need that quickly they, they, they need it for a newspaper story. I, I need that portrait you took of me. Right. Right. And if you have your collection of digital files scattered over five or six oh, unlabeled God, hard drives, yes. uh, because, you know, you've been taught that you need to back up your hard drive, you know, off your computer. And yeah, that's great. And then you have all this. Yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, it's going to catch up with you. It's Yes. Right. And, and the other problem with using the file folders names as your file management technique is that 
it's easy to get duplicates because invariably mm-hmm. you're going to discover that the file name doesn't give the the file name and the folder name does not give you the complete picture of what's in there and you end up duplicating it and putting it in a different folder for a different client or a different purpose. So keyword tagging has some real uh, strengths. You can assign multiple keywords, so you can look for that thing, that file, in different ways uh, without having to copy the image to other folders. The keyword follows the file wherever it goes. It can be used on any size collection. It's infinitely expandable. And you can actually process large batches of photos. You can select thousands of photos that that have the same keyword and, and give them a keyword all at once. So it's not like you have to individually assign those keywords. The, the big downside is if you aren't doing it and you have to go back in time to do it, it's a major pain. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to look at it and, and you're probably going to say, nah, I'm not going to do that. But again, again, you're going to you're, eventually, I predict eventually you will do it mm-hmm. because you just can't manage the files with the file folder system when you get into the hundreds of thousands of images. So start today. Going forward, use keywords. Use a a browser uh, like Bridge. Lightroom also does keywording, by the way. It's a little less easier to do. And there are other programs that do it as well. And then as you search for images in the past, make sure you tag them. Just develop that habit. And you'll be, you will thank me for it a year from now. Yeah, and I would also try to encourage everybody to keep all your files. I know you probably have to get a Big, big hard drive. But I remember a few years ago, uh, one of the local photographers, uh, she told me what she does when her, uh, they used to be, I think the Western Digital Books, it looked like a book. Still, still, yeah. still here. And she, when it got ready to f- fill, she'd just unplug it, go buy a new one, put it on the shelf. One of the things about uh, a spending drive over time, if, if it's set there for a few years and you go get it out and you plug it in, it the drive may not spin up. The mechanism may say, no, yep, done. And so it's like, ugh. So I would, yeah, it's daunting, but have it all on one system, please. Because I guarantee you, if they didn't label that book, they think, oh, yeah, that's the first one. Uh, that's from you know 2000 i'm gonna pull that out right and if that drive has not spun up since the year 2000 right you're gonna be in for a rude awakening right uh, hard drives have a shelf life of between five and ten years right now and that th- they are improving technology everything we talk about technology wise improves so information the information we're giving today is going to improve the, the picture is going to improve in the years ahead and solid state devices are coming and they're becoming much more affordable and common. And that's another, another great Avenue, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you back them up if you can't find them. Exactly. Exactly. Cause if, if you came up with a great system and you don't have everything on, on, on one kind of a drive or series of drive, like a raid system, and you have to go pulling them out of the shelf. You're kind of almost defeating the purpose. Right. Have them all with access because as you go through time, you're going to have to, as you move, you're going to have to get your files and move it onto a new system. But they're all there. So I've written a, a little manual about keyword tagging with Bridge. And uh, 
in the show notes, we can have a link that goes mm-hmm. to the blog where this is, this is discussed because, you know, this isn't the, the sexiest of subjects and it's, it's boring, but it's one of those things yeah. that you have to master. You have to master. Cause I, I guarantee you it, it's, I, uh, getting somebody calling you and, you know, and I'm older than him asking me <laughs> when I'm thinking of July, two years ago. Uh, but uh, again, it's, you really don't know where your files are. Right. So what's the use of going out, taking all these pictures, you throw them in your computer, you open them up for a couple of days. Ooh, wow. I'm going to post them on Instagram and Facebook. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, Hey, can I get a print? And I need it for a show. And you're like, well, where's it at? So what, what good, (laughs) what good is that? Right. You know, and, and this is just following because the days of old where you were negative and slide, it was the same thing. You had to have a system that you knew where to find them. Contact prints, yeah. sleeves, sleeves, all that. Yeah. So now you're in a digital age and now you have to keep that up because, you know, if, if you only remember your last shoot, you know. I'm going to close with one story. Had a client that said, look, I, I, I copy my files, my pictures to the, to the folder and I, I can't find a file that I took uh, two years ago. And here's the file name. It was underscore DSC 9265. So I looked at DSC 9265 and it's not the image. It's some other image. I said, you know, when you get to 10,000, your camera starts over (laughs) on saving those file names. So you've copied over every single file that you took or picture you took with the previous file name because they're identical. If you use the file folder and you don't rename those folders, you have dozens and dozens and dozens of of uh, file names that are identical. How do you differentiate between them? Yes, that's true. That's true. I I, I do want one of these days, I know there's a way to uh, customize the, how your camera names the file. Yeah, in the menu, well, in the Nikons, in the menu system, yeah. you can assign a customized system. Yes. And that's something I, I, I want to do, even though I name the folders and date the folders when I create them. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, because it's funny, on, on one of my Nikons, the way it, it natively uh, names, it's DCS. Mm-hmm. And one of my other ones, it's underscore right. DCS. Right. So it's kind of funny. It's like, okay, Nikon, are you messing with my brain? <laughs> Exactly. You're messing with me. One more thing, and just an important thing about the the use of Bridge or Lightroom is not only giving them a keyword, but uh, it's very helpful to rate them. Mm -hmm. Because if you give a, if you think about it, uh, fast forward a few years and you're looking back over your collection and you may have uh, 5,000 images of an acorn woodpecker, but you only have about a dozen that are truly outstanding. Try to find those 12. Even if you have the keywords and it shows you 5,000, you could, you could filter the results by if you've rated them. So spending a little bit of time when you load those images from your camera card to the computer is time very well spent. And another thing, if you're a new photographer, if you hear this, start off doing that now. Right. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're going to love it later uh, than trying to go back in history. Right. And trying to find files that God knows where you put them uh, and what you labeled them. 
and you don't remember, right. you just put the card in the computer and copied. You're like, what? I was supposed to. Yes. You know, it's, it's part of the things because as when you get into the profession, you will be asked, Hey, I, again, I need that portrait. Hey, right. or, you know, uh, my father died. Uh, unfortunately, I need that shot you took at the family yes. for the funeral where you're not scrambling like, oh my God, where did I put it? Right. Because that, the unfa- unfortunately, life happens and you'll be asked, yes. especially if you, if you become a portrait photographer that you're, uh, that you're growing as this family, you took their wedding, their kids and so forth. Right. Save yourself headaches. Start out, right. Great. That was a great, it's true. It's not the sexiest topic, but, but by God, it's, it, it's, it is. It's, it's foundational. Yes. It's foundational in, exactly. the di- in the digital photography age. Got it. All right. So Joe, where can we find you? Uh, www.brightangelimages.com. And by the way, you can search the blogs and find a blog on that website that relates to this very topic. And there is a download there that you can download a P- PDF of the step-by-step instructions Great. about how to use keywords there. Uh, you can write to me with the same address, brightangelimages at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, brightangelimages at um, Facebook. Great, great. That 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 is a good idea. Uh, download a PDF and, and uh, you know, download it, have it with you. Uh, you can find me, of course, here at avilastudios.com and tonyavila64 on Instagram, where I post mainly and Aperture Priority Podcast on Facebook. And please don't be a stranger there. Visit and comment and suggestions. We're open to suggestions, uh, topics. Questions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was one of the things I wanted to bring about? Uh, I'll probably think about it the next shows. Oh, I will put uh, the place where I got the silver images. Uh, uh, I'll post that on the show notes. And I would encourage you guys to to kind of think outside of the box when printing and, you know, and explore, you know, it is a craft and an art. And I just want to leave off again with open up that aperture and let some creative light in. Aperture Priority is an Avila Studios production. For more information on what Avila Studios has to offer, please visit us on the World Wide Web at avilastudios.com.